Driving into Manhattan will soon cost more than ever. As New York City plans to launch the nation's first congestion pricing program this spring, Staten Island's elected officials are launching a last-ditch effort to prevent the MTA from charging $15 to drivers entering Manhattan's central business district. You're still not eliminating the traffic. Again, you're, you could be increasing it or what's going to happen here. And if the MTA tells you this is going to happen, then you can bet it's going to happen and you can bet it's going to be worse than they're saying. If they're admitting on a scale of 1 to 10 mil, this is probably a 3 for you guys. You can bet on it being an 8. Yeah. And if you go on Jersey Bound, Staten Island Expressway, anytime after 3 o'clock in the afternoon on a weekday, you're already sitting in a parking lot. Now, can you imagine if, if what you say is, it comes true that you're going to have exponential number more because they want to beat the congestion toll? Welcome to the Staten Island Advances from the Scene, a podcast bringing you an inside look at the biggest stories on Staten Island with the reporters who cover them. I'm your host, Eric Bascom, and this week I'm joined by Staten Island Advanced Senior Opinions Writer Tom Robleski to discuss the implication of congestion pricing for Staten Islanders and local elected officials' attempts to prevent the controversial program from being implemented. Thanks for joining me today, Tom. You know, we had you on as our last guest of 2023 and now our first guest of 2024. I must be doing something right. Right. But something tells me that you're probably going to have much stronger feelings about this topic than you did on the last one, which was a great, great interview and a that fun talk. But talk. I think that this one might be a little bit more uh, engaging in a some A little meatier. You know? Yeah, for sure. So I have you on to talk about congestion pricing. This is something that both me and you have been covering, you know, me from the straight news perspective, you from the opinions perspective for years now, really. It was put into the state budget in 2019. For anyone who doesn't know what congestion pricing is, you're probably living under a rock at this point. But the MTA is going to start this program where they're going to be charging drivers a toll to go into Manhattan's central business district, which is defined by them as any street below 60th Street. And then the money and, you know, the revenue generated from that program is going to go towards improving the city's mass transit system. And we'll mm. talk about what that means for yeah. Staten Islanders. Yeah. Uh, That'll be a very short talk. Right. Yeah, for sure. Mm. And so before we kind of get into it too much, I want to just kind of give an overview of what the tolling structure or proposed tolling mm-hmm. structure looks like. They had this traffic mobility review board come together and come up with their recommendations in terms of what they should be charging people. And if they give an exemption for this, then it's going to be more expensive for that. And, right. you know, they have this one billion dollar a year threshold that's written into state law that they need to reach. So they needed to construct this tolling structure in a way that they believe or project that they will meet that each year. Mm -hmm. And so that was a months long process. They finally gave their recommendation. The MTA board has voted to move forward with that recommendation. They have not necessarily approved it, but they've now moved it into another public comment period, which we too will talk about later. Mm -hmm. But before we get started, I wanted to outline what that structure looks like, and then kind of get your reaction on it. So the standard toll for passenger vehicles would be $15. And so that would be charged on weekdays from 5 a.m. to 9 p.m. and on weekends from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. During those other hours, which they're considering overnight hours, the toll rates would be discounted by 75%. So that means it would be $375 for standard passenger vehicles. As we see with tolls on the bridges as well, they charge different rates for different types of vehicles. So small trucks, large trucks, they're going to be paying more because they argue that they contribute more to 
congestion and roadway deterioration and all that kind of stuff. So small trucks, it would be $24, large trucks, $36. Motorcycles would be half the price. So they're actually $750. Buses are going to be free if they're providing, or exempt rather, if they're mm. providing transit services. So they're not hitting their own buses, yeah. I guess, uh, for those totals. Darn. Right. Yeah. Um, that somebody thought of that. Right. But then the other buses, like, you know, the sightseeing buses or whatever it might be, uh, Atlantic City buses. Those buses are carrying college kids to competition. Right. So they're going to have the standard 24 for a smaller one, 36 for a larger one, same as the trucks, basically. Then you have the crossing credits, which is something that people have been very, uh, th that was really a big topic throughout mm -hmm. a lot of this, especially from people over in New Jersey. The New Jersey politicians are not happy about right. congestion pricing whatsoever. You've got so many people going over into Manhattan for work. And so their solution to well, that. Well, the tunnels, or, they get the discount. Right. right. Yeah, not the, on the, the bridge. The Lincoln, it, it, everyone's, they're very concerned about the George yeah. Washington Bridge. Right? right. Which is up north and doesn't lead directly into the zone. So I guess that's maybe the MTA's, okay. you know, justification for that. But so if you come in through one of the connecting tunnels, the Queens Midtown, Hugh L. Carey, the Holland or the Lincoln, you're going to get a $5 credit towards your mm. congestion pricing fee. So I guess you're paying $10, but then you're also paying the toll for that tunnel. Still, And for the Verrazano Narrows Bridge, which right. is steep, st steeply discounted, obviously, but still, it's, it's still money out of your pocket. Yeah, for sure. And then the taxis and the for hire vehicles, like Ubers and Lyft, they're going to be charged $1.25 for taxis or $2.50 for the Ubers and Lyfts per ride Meaning within the CBD. Right. And Meaning so that's the thing. So they are going to pass those fees mm -hmm. along to the customers. So now if you're getting an Uber in the central business district, you can expect it to be at least $2.50 more expensive once exactly. this goes through. Discounts and exemptions, another big thing that during past public comment periods, people have really been pushing for. They're saying, we should be exempt from this. We shouldn't have to pay this. Or this group of people should have to pay and they shouldn't be exempt. And so basically what they came up with is we're not really giving much of anything to anyone because as they said throughout the process, the more exemptions that we give people, the higher the standard toll would be because they still need to meet that necessary. It's like a scale revenue, that kind of goes, the, the more you discount, the higher the prices for the people who don't get So the they still hit that one billion. And then to their credit, I have to say, they didn't give a bunch of carve-outs no, they didn't. They to really people, didn't. which would have which would really caused uh, a lot of ire. Yeah. So there's one thing here where if you are a low-income driver, after your first 10 trips of the month, you get a 50% discount. It's really not much. I mean, no. I'm sure it helps, but if you're a low... How many low-income drivers are driving into Manhattan 10 plus times a month? I'm, I'm not sure. I don't have the answer to that. They the, and what's the threshold idea. for low income and, and everything right. else? So. Yeah, exactly. And so... That's really the only thing. There's a government vehicles would be exempt, like specialized government vehicles, garbage trucks, street sweepers, snow removal truck. What about the, all the city council staffers and DOT staffers? And That's a great People question. who have those special license plates, um, who have those city department of transportation. I'm not to pick on them, obviously, but yeah. even though it's easy. But back in the day when people were getting free easy passes, all different executives and other people were getting, the mayor's going to drive to city hall and he's going to pay a congestion price if he comes from somewhere else. Yeah. Outside the zone? Well, if he comes from Gracie Mansion? And that's what a lot of people, I think, are thinking. And I just got a press advisory maybe yesterday or a couple of days ago from some New Jersey elected to her asking the MTA, give us a list of everybody who works for you that you're exempting from this. And Correct. I'm not sure what the MTA is going to come back with. Love to see that. But that is something that people are definitely worried about. And so that's kind of the, the broad strokes here. So I wanted to just kind of open the floor up to you a little bit and just get your reactions to that being their proposal. Well, well there's, there's, there's a lot to unpack, obviously. The weekend thing is distressing because there's not a lot of people who drive into the city on a Saturday afternoon. You could you see it yourself. You, the, the difference was on the Gowanus Expressway 
from you know a Wednesday morning to a Saturday morning or afternoon? Why do you need to have so much time for congestion pricing on the weekends? Why can't you like limit that time to a couple of hours or yeah. whatever? Maybe for the nighttime when people are going in and out of the city for that. You know, the discount on the tunnel is nice. I still call it the battery tunnel as opposed yeah. to no disrespect to Hugh Carrick. But you, we still have to pay on the Verrazano. The other thing too is like the East River bridges are still free. So those people who use East River bridges to go in and out of the district, they never pay a toll on a bridge. And they're still going to have to pay the congestion fee, mm -hmm. but still, they're still getting a break. How come we're still so far behind with there's actual bridges in New York City that are toll free? All up and down the East River, and even there's even one even further north that's toll free. So those are the kind of things, if you're talking about toll equity, we're all sharing the burden and nobody's getting a break on anything. Those are the things that I start thinking about. When you mentioned those free bridges, are people going to go out of their way now to take those free bridges into Manhattan? So yeah, they have to pay the congestion pricing fee, but they don't also get hit with the tunnel fee. Correct. And so you're going to have traffic diversions as a result of that. So that means the BQE is going to get more crowded. Right. People are going to stay on it longer. Could be, instead, of, instead of taking the, the carry tunnel, they're going to stay on it. They're going to take the Brooklyn Bridge maybe to go into the Williamsburg Bridge or whatever. That's definitely a part of it too. And then we're going to talk about traffic diversions in regards to Staten Island and the Bronx oh, yeah. and some other places yeah. as well. But so, yes, I mentioned this earlier, but they're now opened it up for this next round of public comments. And as soon as they announced that, the borough president, Vito Fasella, came out and with a statement asking Staten Islanders, hey, go out there and tell them what you think about congestion now, this pricing. Is an, this is an in-person one. Is it one of these in-person things that they do? This is not just written comments. They're actually going to do one of these dog and pony shows where they all yeah, show yeah. up. Yeah. So it's going to be a mix of, of both. So right now you can already go on the website and right. submit your written statement. You can email it to them. You can mail it to them. You can call them on the phone, whatever it might be. But then they're also going to have four of those public hearings where they give people two minutes each to speak and they go up there, they complain, they say next, and then they... <laughs> Now you've been back to these, right? I, it, it, I haven't it, it, in person, but I've followed so many of them virtually really, really, the past few years. I'm going person yeah. because the glacial indifference that you see, and they'll say like, well, we're not here to debate anything. We're just here to listen. Just here to listen. So there's whatever, a dozen people, and they just sit there. Yeah, the board just they, watches. They just, you get all the bigwigs that come in. It's, it's not just the, the underlings. Yeah, they, they, yeah, yeah. The actual people actually show up, I mean, to that credit, but then they just, they just stare at you. Yeah. And and that, that to me is not, a, that's not a debate. I don't even know if, they, if they're listening. Yeah. They're just, they're like, okay, we're going to log all these comments yeah. and then we include them in our next document that we put I out. Had but, read. So right, if you do want to speak at these hearings, as the borough president would like as many Staten Islanders as possible to speak yes. at these hearings, they're in late February and then early March. So there's Thursday, February 29th. Then there's one on Friday, March 1st. And then there's two on Monday, March 4th. One will be in the morning, one at the... Uh, in these the are the Staten Island ones or these are the citywide? These are... They're all citywide. They're all whoever. Is there one There's, on not, there's there... not a specific one for each area, which they've done in the past. This is just anyone oh, who wants to talk about this. and That's insulting. And they're in Manhattan. They're going to be in... Oh, that's insulting. Yeah, it's at the MTA headquarters. Too, too, bad, you, too bad you can't pay the congestion price on your way in to complain about the congestion yeah. price. That would be the only thing that would, that would make it right. more ironic for Staten Island. Yeah, you're going in, into their domain Terrific. and then standing at the little pedestal right. while they're all right. sitting up there looming over you. Like it's like a, 12 monkeys or whatever. Like they, you know, the big people, they're all like staring down yeah. at Bruce Willis. It's like you're know, requesting a court with the king or something yeah, like yeah, that. No taxation, no representation. We'll be right back. The Mayor of Maple Avenue is a powerful multi-part podcast about Sean Sinisey, a victim of former Penn State football coach Jerry Sandusky, who was arrested 10 years ago for numerous child sexual abuse charges. The podcast series is written and hosted by Pulitzer Prize winning reporter Sarah Gannam, who takes listeners into the world of addiction rehabilitation, 
where society can be quick to celebrate the consequences for abusers while not addressing the needs of their victims. Subscribe now to The Mayor of Maple Avenue wherever you get your podcasts. I'm curious your thoughts in terms of these public comment periods in general and whether you think that the MTA actually takes any of what they're hearing here. Does this mean anything or or are they just going to approve this regardless of what, if 90% of people come out and say this is ridiculous, are they just going to stamp it anyway? Now the mockers will have to remind me of this if there's an MTA person out there who's been around for, you know, I've been in covering stuff on Staten Island for 30 years. I can't remember a big ticket item ever actually getting reversed because of something somebody said yeah. at a public hearing because they have to do environmental studies, they have to do financial studies. So to upend everything that they've already crafted just because somebody from Huguenot is unhappy, it's nice to have your say, it's nice to vent, mm-hmm. and protest sometimes makes an impression on people, but I, do I expect them to say, yeah, you know what? We heard from these people in the Bronx and Staten Island, they've got some legitimate concerns, so we're gonna really do this whole thing another good think. And we'll see in a couple of years, we're going to hold off on the program for now. That I don't see. You've got to, there's so much infrastructure that has to be built. Yep. Things have to be prepared. So I, I really don't see that. And plus, you don't, even get, and you don't even get a debate out of them, like I said. You don't even get like, well, you know, Tom, we understand that. But here's our thinking. Here's why we think because mm-hmm. so few people from Staten Island tend to drive in. So here's why we think it's really not going to be a burden for you all. Uh, you don't even get you don't even get That's the satisfaction right. yeah. of that. You just get like that kind of like a that glacial indifference. I tend to agree with you there in terms of the public comment periods. I haven't in my time covering transportation seen a whole lot of change as a result of feedback. Sometimes they'll tweak things here or there, but I've never seen a project at this level scrapped as a result of public response to it. Oh, we'd scream bloody um, murder if they didn't let us have a, co- a public comment. Right, exactly. And it's written into the state law and the federal law and all that, especially for projects of this size. So that's another part of what makes it feel a little procedural because they are required to have these things. It's not like they really want to hear from us so bad that they went out of their way. But so we saw last week that Borough President Vito Fisella and the UFT, the teachers union, filed a federal lawsuit against the MTA, the USDOT, a couple other entities who are involved here trying to block the program or prevent mm-hmm. it from being implemented without any further study. As we were just saying, they're so far along at this point. Do we think that it might be a little too little too late? Or is there actually anything here that could prevent them from implementation in the spring? Because they're they're looking at spring. I've heard May, I've heard June, but right. it sounds like this is something that's coming in just a few months. So to file a lawsuit now when this is something that's been in the works since 2019 and even really before that. What are your thoughts on that? There's two things. Number one, with there being so many more Republican and conservative judges at every level of city, state, federal, you might get a friendly hearing on, just like with the migrants, and it it, it depends on what judge you get and for other things. Number two, it's fascinating to me to see the UFT budding up. Well, you know, Michael Mulgrew, the head of the union, is a Staten Island guy, or at least was. So it's interesting, but you know, in the back of my mind, I've always felt that there are people going to get carve outs. And I've always wondered how teachers, firefighters, police officers, sanitation workers, name, you know, the union feel, are going to feel about saying like, my firehouse, my precinct, my school is in the district. I've got to pay $10 every day at a minimum, $15 possibly just to show up at work every day. So I was expecting them to somehow want to make sure that they get a carve-out for that. And if we all get a carve-out for that because we have to buddy up with the UFT or the PBA or firefighters or whatever, then I'm, I'm very interested to see the UFT kind of come in like this on this issue. Yeah, me too. And that was one of the things that kind of stood out to me. I know I, I covered the press conference when they announced this lawsuit. And when I got the advisor the day before, it was like, 
Borough President Fisella and the UFT make an announcement regarding oh. congestion pricing. And I'm like, yeah. what does the UFT have to do with congestion pricing? That's a little weird. So I was curious. And then when I went there, you know, I was like, oh, okay. Well, I guess they're really throwing their hat in the ring on this one. And what I thought was interesting, and we talked about this a little bit off air before we got started, is that it's a pretty mixed response from members of the UFT from what I've seen. And just looking online and talking to some of my friends who are teachers and working in other boroughs. A lot of them do take public transit, right? Not as many of them necessarily drive in some of these areas. I don't know the statistics, obviously. But there are people coming out and saying on Twitter, hey, Michael Mulgrew, I'm a UFT teacher. I take the subway to work every day. We need congestion pricing to improve my commute. We don't need, you know, whatever. So there are obviously, like you see on both sides, uh, there are going to be people. So to see the UFT kind of getting involved in that was a bit surprising to me. Well, it's nice that they have the mass transit options available to them that Staten Islanders don't. Right. And they, right. Have, they have to remember that. It's easy to go from Queens to Brooklyn, or even from Brooklyn to Manhattan on subway. It's not as easy to get from Huguenot to Midtown or as, it, you know, much more time consuming. So yeah. there's a difference of scale there. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I want to talk a little bit about like some of the points that they make in the lawsuit, their arguments mm-hmm. for for why congestion pricing should be stopped or should be studied more or should be whatever. And so the first one would be, and it, you know, related specifically to Staten Island, but this also affects other outer boroughs, specifically the Bronx, they've talked about a lot. But the idea that congestion pricing isn't actually eliminating congestion or mm-hmm. pollution, it's just kind of moving it around, as we talked about the diversions that people are going to head to the free bridges as opposed right. to whatever. So in the MTA's own environmental assessment that they completed, it says in their studies, it will most likely result in more traffic on the Staten Island Expressway and more pollutants on Staten Island mm-hmm. because people who need to get to Jersey, if they're in Brooklyn, instead of driving through Manhattan and hitting right. this congestion pricing toll, they'll go over the Verrazano to Staten Island and then they'll go right. into, from there, they would take take one of the bridges, take one of the, the Gothels, the Bayo and the Outer Bridge, yeah. depending on where they're going, and then take that. So we're going to have more traffic in that direction on Staten Island. They've also said that there will be more traffic diversions in the South Bronx mm-hmm. uh, as a result of this. And so I wanted to just kind of get your thoughts on that and the idea that Staten Island also kind of getting the short end of the stick here again in terms of are we actually getting more traffic as a result of congestion pricing in well, some ways. This is the whole question about congestion pricing as it works. Does it eliminate traffic or, does, again, does it reroute it or does it just cause different kinds of traffic in London uh, which is kind of the poster child for congestion pricing. They've been, they've been at it for years. Mm-hmm. What they found, at least initially, was, sure, people left their cars home, but they took more for-hire cars or they took more buses. Now, you could say that that's, that's great. That's what we kind of want. But then you've still got the congestion because you've got more buses and more mm-hmm. cars coming in. You have a different type of pollution because, you know, the cars use different type, you know, have a different type of engine, perhaps. But you're still not eliminating the traffic. Again, you're just... You could be increasing it or what's going to happen here. And if the MTA tells you this is going to happen, then you can bet it's going to happen and you can bet it's going to be worse than they're saying. Because if they're admitting mm-hmm. if they're admitting on a scale of 1 to 10, this is probably a 3 for you guys. You can bet on it being an 8. Yeah. And if you go on Jersey-bound Staten Island Expressway anytime after 3 o'clock in the afternoon on a weekday, you're already sitting in a parking lot. Now, can you imagine if, if what you say is comes true, that you're going to have exponential number more because they want to beat the congestion toll? Exactly. And some of it, right, like there probably will be some reduction in personal vehicles as a result of it, right? That some people will decide instead of driving into work and driving into Manhattan, they're going to take 
the subway, they're going to take a bus, they're going to take a train, whatever it might be. So you may have less of that. They're projecting anywhere between 15 and 20% in terms of traffic reduction. We'll see. That seems a little optimistic to me. 20% but fewer cars going into Manhattan on a daily basis. I think it's like 17 or something. 17% that they had in, yeah, fewer in cars. That, that that's why I went 15 to 20. That's, it sounds, sounds like rosy, a lot. Yeah. And, and even with that, the trucks are still going to be out making deliveries. The buses are still going to be providing sure. transit services. And so we, we might have less personal vehicles. The trucks are still going to be there because they need to make their deliveries. And the trucks are going to get rerouted through Staten Island, through yeah. the Bronx, through all of these different areas so that they don't have to pay that fee. And so, well, yeah, you may have a little bit less traffic. There may be less personal cars and more people using mass transit, which is obviously what they want. There is some traffic that just isn't going to get shifted. and Well, isn't going to get eliminated. It's going to get shifted. Right. And so... That's kind of like you said, delivery trucks, different things like that. They, there's there's no alternative for them, right? It's exactly. not like you can pack a subway car full of Amazon yeah. packages and, and do your deliveries. Yeah, and the freight and the freight lines on Staten else. Island haven't been running in decades, so yeah. it's Correct. not like we're moving things like that right. either. And so the other main point that they make in the lawsuit, and this is something that local elected officials have been on for a while, particularly Nicole Maliotakis, our congresswoman, she's been calling for this really for years now. So. The fact that the they feel that the MTA has not done a thorough enough job reviewing this and studying this before implementing it, and that the federal government has kind of like allowed them to do so is kind of their case. Mm. So when you're doing a project of this scale, you either need to complete an environmental assessment, which is what the MTA has completed, or an environmental impact statement, which is a much longer, mm. more thorough document, takes longer to prepare. It's more in-depth in terms of its analysis in many ways. And so the federal government had told the MTA basically, like, you're okay with the environmental assessment. Like, we think that right. that's enough. Maliotakis, other elected officials in Jersey and here on Staten Island, and now in the lawsuit are saying, like, hey, this is the first in the nation program. Like, we've never done congestion pricing here before. Don't you think we should study it right. a little more thoroughly and right. have the full implications mm -hmm. before we, you know, let this get implemented? And so that is kind of another one of their main points in the lawsuit. And so I kind of wanted to just get your reaction on that. Well, I think we remember when um, when Trump was president, the congestion pricing program was kind of slow walked yep. in the Department of Transportation. And now you have a Democratic administration under Biden and uh, Secretary Buttigieg in, in DOT. I don't think they're going to slow walk anything. I, I agree with that. This is probably the best chance you've got to call attention to this because we don't have a baseline for congestion pricing in the United States. We don't know how it's worked. I was worked in London, but it's in, in other cities. I think in Stockholm, but, it's, but those are vastly different cosmopolitan areas than New York City, which is one of the most populated cities on the planet. Mm -hmm. not, that, not that London isn't, but so you might get some traction with a sympathetic judge to say, you know, you're right. What could more study hurt? You know, and, and, and yeah, we, we should set like a, as big a baseline as we can just so we know and people know what to expect. And so people are not other people like Staten Islanders are not burdened by, okay, well, the Manhattanites have empty roads and cleaner air, but Staten Islanders, you know, after 50 years of having a dump on Staten Island, now there's another environmental concern for them to deal with. Let's make sure that it's it's fair to everybody. I don't think it's going to be anyway, but that's just my opinion. 
Yeah, no, and th this is the one where I feel is kind of their strongest argument mm. in many ways because the fact that this is the first time anywhere in the United States is implementing this program, I don't really understand why you wouldn't require the most thorough review possible. And so I tend to agree with them on that one. Not that I'm, I have mixed feelings about congestion pricing, as many people do. I'm not mm -hmm. super for it. I'm not super against it. I kind of get it in some ways, like why they're doing it. But I do also mm. think it could probably use a little bit more of a study, especially in something that we've seen say since the lawsuit came out, they put this all together before they even really knew what toll was going to be. So the, in, the, yes. in the environmental assessment, they had seven different tolling scenarios, and it's kind of modeled it as if we do this one, then this would be the result. If we do this, this would be the result. None of them exactly match up with what the actual proposal is right now. And so Fisella's point is like, don't you think it should have been studied with the actual tolling structure that you're planning to implement? Right. And so that is kind of another point that they've been making, which makes sense to me. Right. If, if you charge $5, you're going to have a certain response. Right. If you charge $25, you're going to have a certain response. Fewer people, more people, whatever it is. But that was always the and thing. And they it's did like, it on a spectrum, but none of them were exactly what they landed on. It was a thing. It was like... It was between nine and twenty-three. Right. The big enchilada was always like, okay, how much are we going to pay? Right. How 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 do you evaluate something? It's like you're going to buy a house, you're going to buy a car. It's like, well, how much does the car cost? Well, <laughs> we'll let you know after yeah. you how buy. How much does the house right? cost? After how much it's this, approved. After how much the is this job in the house going to? You know, how much the plumber? How much is that going to cost me? Well, we'll see. Yeah. So how do you evaluate unless you know? Yeah. And my thought is kind of. To what you said in terms of what we saw with the migrant shelters is that it could land in front of a ju uh, judge who is sympathetic to mm -hmm. this issue and perhaps there is a temporary injunction but i can't imagine it lasting or holding up or actually stopping the program from being influenced this is all just my personal opinion right like the ultimate any, is, is there's no inside information court not and, reporting anything you know, don't aggregate me as uh, the podcasters say right. um <laughs> yeah so i i don't think that it's in the long term going to stop this from coming into place but i also understand why as the borough president of staten island who represents the most car dependent transit starved borough in the city that right. you would want to push for this and and right. do as much as you can so i i definitely understand it from that perspective i wanted to talk a little bit about this bill that's been introduced in the state legislature, which is admittedly a bit of a long shot, I would say, but Charles Fall um, on the North Shore, our assemblyman, and then State Senator Jessica Scarcella-Spanton are working on this bill that is kind of in response to congestion pricing. And it's saying if congestion pricing is implemented, Staten Islanders should be fully exempt from the Verrazano toll. They shouldn't have to pay it at all. So we are already paying a much lower toll because we have that resident discount program. So we're paying 275 to, to cross the bridge as opposed to however much I think the easy pass for non-Staten Island residents is over $10 at this point in terms of the toll. For the cash toll is almost 20 right. which is crazy. But so And there the, are still people who don't have easy pass. You which is actually crazy. fucking over the money. Yeah. I know. And so now this, to me, it kind of gets back to what we were saying earlier, where it's like, well, we already have to pay the Verrazano toll. And if we're not going to get any credit for that towards the congestion pricing fee, this is saying like, Staten Islanders shouldn't have to pay on the Verrazano altogether. And we've all heard the stories of when they built the bridge, they said it was going to be free when they recoup the cost. And th that's kind of up for debate whether that was actually ever the I case. I want to nail that story down, yeah, though. I've been, I know, I've been, do, I've been I, doing research yeah. on that. and, and I'm, I'm, that, That's a lot of research to do. Yeah. And so I'm curious, just kind of your thoughts on this bill. I get the, the, the thought behind it, but I'm not sure that the state will ever fully get on board with saying a whole borough doesn't need to pay for this bridge. Although, you know, it's really our only connection to the rest of New York City from a driving perspective. So, you know, I just kind of wondering your thoughts on that. 
that. God bless them. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. I'd love to see it happen. Uh, but they get a lot of revenue out of it. But don't forget, the Verrazano Bridge also helps feed Long Island Railroad, mm-hmm. helps feed Metro North, which is another thorn in our side because the money from the bridge that we made, a lot of it doesn't come back to Staten Island. I mean, when we can't even get a fast ferry to go from Stapleton to Bay Ridge, which makes yeah. all the sense in the world and which you could do tomorrow if you wanted to. You know, instead of making people go all the way into the city and take the R train back into Brooklyn, yep. they could take the SIR train to Stapleton, get off there, and then go and go to Brooklyn. Can we get that done? So all the toll money that gets generated off the Verrazano Bridge, it never came here, but getting the discount locked into the state budget has been enough of a travail for state lawmakers, getting it eliminated. But then again, fair is fair. The people on East River don't. How much would you pay to cross the the, the Brooklyn Bridge? $5? $10? A dollar? Make a lot of money if you charge $1. $1, You charge $1 a day for the Manhattan Bridge for all those bridges. $2 $2 a day. You made a good point there about, you know, the toll revenue that they're generating from the Verrazano and if we actually then see that back invested in our borough. And so the, the train probably gets. I'm sure. I'm sure, I'm sure the trains it, right? and the buses, the express buses. I'm sure it's not nothing. Yeah. But it's galling that that, that the LIRR and the Metro North who sat on those big, very little use of, I have to imagine. Yeah. So the last question I wanted to ask you before we kind of get out of here was what would the MTA need to do? at this point to make you support the program in any way like it, or if, if there even is anything at this point the one thing that i kind of think of and that i've spoken to some of the other editors here about when they've talked about you know what what should our position be on this how should we feel about this you know i'm you know the one who's been covering this the most so i guess i'm the closest to it of anyone in the newsroom mm-hmm. and so my thing is that we should make sure that a percentage of the revenue goes to staten island specific projects and we don't have that in writing anywhere, right? Like basically right now they're like, oh, it's going to fund transit improvements, but it's going to be the Second Avenue subway. It's going to be Interborough Express. It's going to be all of these things happening in other boroughs, impacting residents of of other places. And so it's not actually going to necessarily come back to Staten Islanders. We've seen projects here stalled in recent years, particularly since the pandemic. They had talked about a West Shore light rail, a North Shore bus rapid transit. Another uh, thing, bus rapid transit, which, which is a couple of cans of paint. Right, yeah. Can't and, get that done. Right, and so my thing was, hey, if the MTA would commit and say all of the money that's generated through congestion pricing by Staten Island residents, you know, because they, they know where the cars are registered. If you go through under the tolling thing and right. it says this car is registered in Staten Island, put that in a separate box and use that money to fund Staten Island specific projects. That's really the only thing in my mind that would move the the needle for me, I guess. And so I'm curious if there's anything for you that, that would kind of do the same or if you're just kind of out on it at this point. I mean that would be that would be great if we could if we could actually track that and there was a specific project. My question to people is if you, if you support congestion pricing, do you support it getting more expensive in the future? Because I can guarantee you, fifteen. Yep. Look at London, all, all these things, Vision Zero. Just look what they what's happened in other places, and you see how it's been. Speed cameras, the expansion. So, and do, would you support congestion pricing being expanded to other boroughs? Perfect mm-hmm. example, Cabman Plaza area. In Brooklyn, mm-hmm. which probably from six in the morning until two in the afternoon is probably one of the busiest areas in New York City because of the courts and everything else. Would you support it be paying fifteen dollars to get off the the BQE there and go into that area of downtown Brooklyn to go to City Field? Yeah, of course. In the very small print at the bottom of the proposals for mm-hmm. the thing, they include in there, you know, the MTA reserves the right to adjust tolls by up to ten percent 
And so now you're talking about sixteen fifty instead of fifteen dollars, which doesn't sound it's like much of that, but it's only error. it's only a dollar fifty. So but now we're at sixteen fifty. You're driving in five days a week, you're driving in four weeks a month, you're driving in twelve months a year, whatever it might be. And so that adds up in its own rate. MTA tolls are going up on a regular basis. What is it? Every other year? Every they, other year. Every yeah. other year the biannual the, increase. You know, so don't, you don't think that they could do that? You don't think that someday it could be six miles an hour over the speed limit when you get a ticket on a speed camera? Yeah. These things change. And they expand, always. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Tom. It was a great conversation. This is one that I always enjoy talking to you about because it's something that, you know, we've been covering for a long time here. You have lots of great thoughts on it. I think that that, those thoughts are shared by a lot of Staten Islanders. So uh, I appreciate kind of everything you do in in helping me talk about these transit stories. You're doing a great work. Keep up the good work, Eric. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Staten Island Advances from the scene. If you like what you've heard, please make sure to rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit silive.com for the latest on all these stories and more. Thank you for supporting local journalism.